0: Hold my beer while I do this. It's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. A real live Medicare podcast by Cracky. He knows that a Chinaman is really a ship that sails to China. Medicare expert, Doug Jones. Well, hello again, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. My Canadian nephew, Drew McMillan, probably just told you who I am, but in case he uh, fell asleep while uh, sitting in front of the microphone, I will tell you again, my name is Doug Jones. I'm here to help you feel confident about your impending encounter with Medicare, if you have an impending encounter. Otherwise, I'm here just to uh, uh, give you something to point and laugh at. And frankly, I don't mind. As long as you uh, download the podcast every once in a while, I'll be a happy camper. How would one suggest that one become confident about Medicare? Well, I would suggest that you go and buy my book, Medicare for the Lazy Man. Uh, The current edition is 2023. So what you would put in your search window at Amazon or barnesandnoble.com would be Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023. However, I am working feverishly on the next edition, Medicare for the Lazy Man 2024. So that may, by the time you get around to buying the book, may be the most current edition, and that should be the one you'd want to buy. And what we're going to have is a paperback. We're going to have a Kindle version. We're going to have an audio wherein I do all the work for you and you just lay back and let the Medicare knowledge roll over your brain. And we will also have a magnificently constructed hardcover version. All that stuff exists in the 2023 version, and it will all be created for the 2024 version as well. So uh, buy the book, read the book, that won't take you very long, and put that knowledge to use in order to win in the uh, game of Medicare. And you will have knowledge that uh, will stand you in good stead for the rest of your Medicare years. And speaking of the rest of your years, uh, I have a man right here in my studio who has a lot of knowledge. His name is Randy Carson, and he uh, joins us every episode about this time. Randy, how are things going for you today?
1: They're doing really good,
0: Doug. Thanks for asking. Well, what are you doing sitting around the uh, tombstone graveyard? Why what brings you to tombstone and why the graveyard Boot Hill? Oh, I'm I've
1: spent probably the last couple of years trying to memorize all the grave markers. Uh-huh. okay. It's a really, it's a really high stress job and bottom line is I get I get the biggest kick out of the grave markers because uh, it'll say you know Joe Do- Joe Doakes is here, and then there'll be an arrow. You've been there, but and then oh, there'll sure. be an, then there'll be an arrow on it pointing over to the guy next to him and said killed him on such and such a date. I mean, it's
0: hilarious. <laughs> 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 oh boy! Well, I always wondered if the uh, Tombstone Graveyard, which has its own name, Boot Hill, um, was uh, just a tourist creation, or whether, in fact, all that stuff is accurate.
1: They say that it's real. Okay. Uh, they, they say that years ago, I mean, the thing had gone into disarray. And the story is that, that there was some, you know, group of, you know, civic-minded citizens in Tombstone that decided that was just not right. So they took it upon themselves and, dug uh, you know, went through all the historical records and, you know, the plats and you know, all the things they have. And bottom line is they tr- and they said that they tried their best. They may have not got it perfect, but they uh-huh. tried their best. They tried their best to identify all the graves and mark them correctly.
0: Wow! Now, do they have all those giant rocks piled all over the place? Theoretically, uh, it's to keep wild animals from digging up the graves. I would guess.
1: I, I think so.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I wonder if that was just icing on the cake. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Probably. Because those people have been dead for 140 years for the most part.
1: Yeah, I don't think, well, you know, bottom line is I don't think they've got any family left that could come, you know, on Memorial Day and, and right. put some flowers out.
0: Right. On the other hand, I got to tell you that we had, I was uh, with. Uh, I was 12 years old, and I was traveling on the East Coast with my grandparents. We had to go to a, a, a meeting of the Chamber of Commerce in Washington, D.C., And I told you one time that my grandfather had all the uh, pension business for all the chambers of commerce in the United States. He had a a big map on the wall with pins in it, all kinds of pins sticking out of it. And so I went to uh, Washington, D.C. with them. And then we were going to do all the touristy stuff. We were staying in a hotel in some town in Virginia. And boy, I don't remember what town it was. And there was a, a graveyard across the street from the hotel. We were on like the third or fourth floor, and we could look down and see this hometown graveyard. And so my grandparents got out and walked over to the graveyard, and we were walking around, and they found an ancestor of ours buried there. Really? Yeah. yeah. This, was, and this was in Washington, D.C.? This was in Virginia, just south of Washington, D.C. Oh,
1: okay, in Virginia. Yeah, okay.
0: Right, because our family names were kind of uh, unique. You know, they weren't widely spread. So they knew that this person was most likely a relative and they had the, the research material to look it up and confirm it. So it was just kind of an accident. We also visited a plantation and this plantation had slaves quarters and old barns, tobacco barns and stuff like that. And my grandfather negotiated to buy the place because it was his wife's uh, family heritage or something like that. But
1: yeah, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: uh, They, they never came to a Price agreement, so we did not wind up owning a plantation, but it would have been kind of fun. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
1: I love uh, you know back when I was young, I I really couldn't have cared less about history. Yeah. But for some strange reason, as I've gotten to be older than thirty nine,
0: yeah, yeah. I,
1: I really enjoy history.
0: But me too. Uh, we've been watching a lot of historical documentaries on Netflix lately. And we picked up another couple and took them down to Maggiano's, as I told you last night. And we compared notes. Oh, the other couple was Roy and Kathy, and you have bet Roy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. we have, it's like a race. We're on a Netflix race to watch all the World War II uh, and historical military documentaries. And so we've been comparing notes. I watched this one. Did you like it? Yeah, it was good. Okay, we're going to put that on our list. Mary, for some reason, has not objected. She used to hate anything related to war, very most mostly anything related to history. And yeah. uh, I think it comes with increasing age. You all of a sudden have a little more respect for what the people went through that created oh, yeah. the history that we're living with.
1: Absolutely. I totally agree. Because that there would be absolutely no other explanation as to why over the course of time I've come to enjoy history. Uh, uh, I used, well, really all kinds of history. I, you know, American history, you know, world history, I I kind of enjoy all of it now.
0: I do, too. Uh, And I guess when I think back about what I might not have enjoyed in school, it would have been that if people had a different motivation than I would ascribe. In other words, why did Hitler attack Russia? Well, if a history teacher told me that Hitler attacked Russia because he was a hero that wanted to rid the world of communism... I would have to disagree with that, and uh,
1: right, that right. would
0: kind of reduce my enjoyment of that particular class, but I, I've i gained uh, confidence in my understanding of some history, and right, so right. I do enjoy it.
1: Well, do you suppose we should uh, get to moving on to the good Let's stuff? Let's do that.
0: Let's do that, especially since I forgot to start my timer. You know, I was sitting on zero the whole time. I'm thinking, we've got all the time in the world, and that's just it's, stupid. So. Right. Time has stood still. <laughs> yeah. We've conquered time. Let's <laughs> let's start our work. Let's uh, dive into the reason that we're here, which is to talk about Medicare. And uh, one of the things that we have to talk about Medicare, which I find uh, pretty fascinating after thinking about it, is the um, subject that you and I and Mary and Margaret discussed at some length the other day, which is, should we inflict some advertising, paid advertising on the, um, the listeners to this podcast? And if... Um, I can see that there's one reason not to, which is they don't want to hear ads uh, from other competing businesses or whatever. But the other thing is, the, the pro is that it'll encourage us to get up in the morning and actually do more podcast episodes if yeah. we're actually yeah. making money at it. Well,
1: I, I think the other thing that we should mention is we, we chose advertisers. If we go that route, we chose advertisers that would be certainly of interest to our audience, like beer.
0: Well, here's the thing. I thought I'd go through the potentially sensitive ad categories and see if, after having slept on it for a, a day, if you still agree that we should accept all of these uh, advertising classifications. Oh, absolutely. Go. Let's go for it. Okay. Um, now, the, the uh, list is uh, preceded by a little statement here, is we can opt in. We can accept advertising from the following classifications, or we can block advertising uh, those types of business activities and do not accept ads from them. It's our choice. And I'm thinking, let's take a look and see why we might not want to object or want to uh, accept these various categories. So the first one is alternative medicine. And um, as I go through the list, just be thinking about what there might be in a category like alternative medicine that makes it sensitive or that might hurt people's feelings. Or that might hurt our business if if somebody heard an ad from alternative medicine, um, biotech, biomedical. I don't know why that would be a problem, but here's a here's the one that slays me: card games. If we refuse to accept advertising from from companies that create card games, is that going to do anything to promote our <laughs> welfare?
1: I don't know that it will do anything to promote it, but I I don't think it would hurt it. But it would be very popular in Vegas.
0: Well, sure, absolutely. And I'm sure we have listeners in Las Vegas. We have uh, clients. I have clients in uh, Nevada. So, um, okay, cigars, cigar advertisements. I don't have a I'm, problem with somebody advertising cigars, but is it possible we'll lose listeners based on their sensitivity to cigar advertising? I
1: I would be very, very suspect if we did. Because I mean, our audience is, you know, at least 64 years old.
0: Uh, Yeah, well, they should be.
1: (laughs) And and they've been around the world for a few years.
0: I think they're old enough to make their own decisions uh, about cigar Uh, consumption. Are they going to
1: be driven to smoke cigars? I don't think so.
0: No, but maybe lured. Now, cocktails and beer. Is it possible that we would lose listeners that are anti-cocktails or anti-beer? I would like to think that we are open to all uh, consumers of all beverages.
1: I'm I'm all for it, Doug. Let's leave that one checked.
0: Alrighty. Uh, firearms and gun shows. Uh, frankly, I enjoy hanging around at gun shows.
1: Yeah, um, I do
0: too. Firearm advertisers don't bother me at all. I don't know if they would disturb our listeners, but let's assume not. <laughs> Gambling and casinos. Yes, fun places to go. Um, they're designed to take your money away without you know without uh, your knowing it. They can do it, and so. This might be educational. We might actually, uh, after talking about the advertisements that have been on, we might actually be helping people to understand how casinos operate. Illegal content. What do you suppose illegal content would be? I'm not sure.
1: You know, when we were discussing it yesterday, Doug, I am not sure. I didn't know what that meant then, and I'm sure I still don't.
0: Well, then I say, let's check it, so, or no, let's not check it. Let's uh, let's allow the advertisers of illegal content to go ahead and advertise. Maybe we'll learn something. Maybe it'll be instructive. Immigration, that's a hot button, but I don't see any reason to shy away from it. No? Le- legal issues, I don't know what that would entail. Lottery. Well,
1: it would get all the attorneys listening to us.
0: Well, that's a good point. And attorneys need Medicare supplements, too. I, I know mean, they're, they're almost human.
1: They're almost human. Sure. Uh, you know, just one more slight little push and they <laughs> might get there.
0: Well, we, we can help push them in that direction. Uh, the lottery. Now that's kind of like gambling and casinos. It's basically flo- uh, throwing your money down a dry well. Uh, because, uh, that's where your lottery winnings, uh, wind up is, uh, basically one guy walks away with the hard earned money from a lot of people. So, and then the state well, you, takes half in most places.
1: You know, the old statement though, right, Doug? Now this, if you don't play,
0: you, you can't, can't win. win. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> it is an unfortunate truth. There was a marketing guy for the lottery that thought that up though, right? Non-standard content. What do you suppose non-standard content would be?
1: Uh, that I don't know. Uh, non-standard <laughs> content. You mean intelligent
0: content? <laughs> <laughs> well, possibly, certainly not, not our standards. Maybe Educa- it's educational
1: standards. content. I don't know what non-standard content is.
0: And then the few, the few other categories we have here to either accept or reject are religion and spirituality, sexuality. We don't know what the heck that's all about. What are they going to say that we don't already know? Vitamins and supplements. I think that kind of goes with alternative medicine. Yeah. Wine, wine, wine. My favorite line is, take me to Miami. I want to go to Miami. And women's yeah. health. Now, um, I don't see any reason to block any of these categories. Do you, really? No. No, I don't. All right. And if there are political ads, we kind of wondered which side of the fence the political advertisements might be on. But this year would be the time to accept political advertising. This,
1: this is it. If we're yeah. ever going to take one of those ads, this would be the time.
0: I think what we ought to do is tell Margaret we're not going to block any of these categories. That we'll accept advertising in all of them, and then see yeah. where the chips fall. Yeah, yeah. All right. It, it, it. I don't think it's an issue at all. Great. Thanks for helping me with that. Um, I want to go now from that to a more heavy subject. It's not long, but this is correspondence from a woman who is working diligently to pick out the best Medicare coverage for her husband. He's 64, and she has taken on this project so that he doesn't have to do it, because most guys really don't want to think about it. And I know Randy is a perfect example of somebody who uh, you know, just basically said, Margaret, you decide what I need, and uh, that's what I'll do. So this woman, but I, I felt as though I have let this woman down, and I wonder how many people there are like her with her predicament in the United States. So she wrote me, and I received this yesterday. The words, Hi, Doug, tell me that I've spoken to the writer in the past, but in this case, I have not. She just felt comfortable uh, approaching me. So she said, Hi, Doug. I have been working diligently to learn and navigate getting my husband set up for his Medigap coverage plans. He has signed up and has received his Medicare card. His coverage begins March 1st, 2024 and his birthday is in the month of March. I know I would like to purchase either Plan G or the high-deductible Plan G based on the comparisons of the premiums. I also want to ensure that my Medigap plan is with one of the highly-rated companies. This is the big deciding factor on which plan or company I choose in the end. I have logged into Medicare.gov and received quotes for his Plan D, his drug plan plan, based on his current prescription usage. I don't know that those company ratings matter too much, and I'll probably choose one of the cheaper policies. Anyway, time is moving ahead so quickly. Here's the part that scares me. I've been working on this literally since September of last year, and now it's almost March. Now, that's just too much of a burden for one human being to have to put up with. And I would really like to ease that burden for not only this woman, but for everybody in the country that's going through this kind of angst. Uh, They don't have the kind of confidence that I had hoped to imbue in people when they're approaching their Medicare encounter. So anyway, she goes on to say, anyway, time is moving ahead so quickly. I have been working on this literally September of last year, and now it's almost March. I have read your book, along with three others, and I feel that I have a pretty good grasp on what he needs now. I just need to get it completed. I know I can reach out to my local insurance providers, but I'm reaching out to see if you might be interested in helping to guide me in these final steps. I know I need to purchase the Plan D through an insurance agent such as yourself. So if you are interested, please reach out and either email me or we can jump on a phone call and let me know if you could help assist me in this next stage. Thank you very much. And I responded, hello, Mrs. X. Thank you so much for writing. I will be very happy to take some of the weight off your shoulders and accomplish your goals in short order. We can discuss details by telephone or not, as you prefer. I have attached a short questionnaire that will make it possible to provide you with accurate quotes. May I ask you to fill it out on your husband's behalf and return it to me. After the quotes are ready, we'll have a solid basis for discussion. I'm looking forward to our next contact. And then she said, I'll be happy to fill out your form and send you all the material that I've gathered from all the other companies for comparison purposes. And then right after that, she wrote another email that said, well, it basically, these are my words. Holy crap. She said, this form is the simplest thing I've ever seen in my life (laughs) that you've asked me to fill out. Here it is attached to the email. And so from that point, I had the information I needed to do Medicare supplement quotes for her husband. And uh, she also sent me his drug list. And so I did the drug plan comparison to pick out the very least expensive drug plan for him. And she is now um, planning to call me this afternoon. I just noticed something, Randy. My microphone, my big boy microphone is not plugged in. Only the uh, microphone on the computer hello testing testing things sounding better now I can't hear you you're you're muted I think I am
1: muted but you sounds you sound just exactly like John Wayne now
0: well here's a new rule going forward <clears throat> when I don't sound like John Wayne tell me that my microphone's not plugged in now if, if I won't.
1: I won't tell the audience what this checkbox is that we've put on here recently. No, but maybe was, we should put another checkbox on there.
0: Doug's microphone. I sat here. I had the cord, the two plugs next to each other, and I plugged in the wrong plug. So, oh darn! And I've been, I've been using my cough button. So I you know. got some thing. You got some editing to do when this one uh, floats to the surface.
1: Yeah. Not only that, but you sound like you were talking through a tin can. I'm teasing. Yes. It wasn't that it wasn't that bad.
0: But it didn't sound like John Wayne until I actually. No, the no. Microphone.
1: It sounded like uh, who is John Wayne's sidekick? Uh,
0: well, it know, wasn't Ant- Pat Buttram. It wasn't Andy Devine. It wasn't. Uh, oh, boy. John Wayne didn't really have a steady sidekick. Gabby Hayes.
1: Gabby, that's who I was trying to think of. You sounded like an old, you know, basically a, a fully voiced Gabby Hayes.
0: One of my favorite movies is The Searchers, and um, there's that old Mose that was in a character in the searchers. And he was a little on the wacky side. If you'll, if you'll recall some of the lines from the searchers when they're being followed by an hostile tribe of Indians and they want to get to the river so that the, uh, they can, uh, fire from the other bank. And yeah. so the uh, leader of the, uh, Texan says, uh, how far to the river Moe's and Moe's goes, I've been baptized. I've been baptized. I don't need to go to the river. <laughs> And uh, oh, dear. He's, he would be a sidekick. He was in a couple of movies, I think, with John Wayne.
1: Well, you know something? I know. We should get to work again. Don't... Well, we're out of time.
0: Holy, how did that happen? Oh, we're I know why, because t- my timer is not, <laughs> I didn't set it early enough in the. Uh, well, not only
1: it. did you hit the wrong plug, yeah. you didn't turn on your timer. So you have been sitting on zero for the
0: whole episode. Well, I'll tell you right now, let's just uh, do a little bit longer. We'll, we'll do one more thing. Uh, This is, this is an opinion piece and it's entitled Medicare has different standards than the FDA. And this is how it should be. According to the woman who wrote this opinion piece, I'm going to skip the first paragraph because the content curator marked in yellow, uh, farther down, uh, the CMS the centers for Medicare and Medicaid services, is the only federal agency whose goal it is to make sure we don't get harmed by medical products that aren't proven to benefit people over 65 or 75 or even 80. Thanks to baby boomers, there are more of us than ever before. Hmm. I don't think CMS is what she had in mind. Uh, so it goes on to say with all of these senior citizens running our government, you'd think they would be glad when Medicare tries to ensure that treatments are proven safe and effective for people over 65. Instead, lobbyists appear to have convinced policymakers and the public to demand that Medicare should pay for all drugs and medical devices that the FDA approves. For example, In 2023, a representative uh, who was the chair of the Energy and Commerce Committee referred to the CMS, the, the people who oversee Medicare, referred to CMS coverage policies as unacceptable and blamed them for standing in the way or slowing down patient access to treatments and cures. Meanwhile, more than 90 members of Congress signed letters to CMS arguing that it should not create barriers to drugs that the FDA has approved, something that would involve enormous cost, potentially without any benefit, and could, in fact, harm older Americans. Now, here's the paragraph that uh, was marked for particular attention. There is a growing disconnect between how the Federal Food and Drug Administration interprets its mission to approve medical products that are proven safe and effective, and Medicare's statutory mission to pay only for treatments that are reasonable and necessary. That disconnect goes well beyond recent uh, recent controversies regarding Alzheimer's drugs. Medicare requires proven safety and effectiveness for patients over 65 compared with other available treatments. In contrast, the FDA has authority to approve. Treatments that are not quite as safe or not quite as effective as other less expensive treatments because the FDA standards do not consider cost at all. I think that's a mistake. Uh, Older people metabolize drugs differently, and so the drugs may accumulate dangerously in a patient's body. They also tend to take numerous medications, and those medications may interact with new treatments in ways that are harmful. And as people age, they tend to become more frail. And thus, more likely to be harmed rather than helped by medical products that are safe for younger adults or even for 65 year olds. Medicare holds firm, let's see, well, Medicare holds firm on Alzheimer's drug coverage policy. Um, This paragraph goes on to say since FDA approval is based on studies paid for by drug or device company manufacturers rather than taxpayers, the FDA says it cannot require the research to include people of color or older patients. However, the agency could approve treatments only for types of patients that were studied. If a company only studied white adults under the age of 65, for example, its product should only be approved for those types of patients. Isn't that what the labeling is supposed to do? Um, I'm thinking that the content curator maybe missed the point of this thing. This, um, This article, I believe, is indicative of the fact that the the various governing bodies, the uh, people that govern Medicare and the people that govern the FDA, are at odds with each other other, over what taxpayer money should be spent on. And this opinion piece is saying that uh, all drugs should not be approved, only those drugs that are proven to be safe and effective for people that are on Medicare. And um, that's probably not a bad standard to follow in lieu of any other standards. It's also burned up more time than I expected to. So we should uh, now consider closing the doors and sending everybody home, Randy. Well,
1: you know something? I agree. The 75 cent clock ran out. You thought you had unlimited money to spend today and you don't. I don't. So we are going to go ahead and land the plane on 32 right today. But before I do, I've always got a few things, as you know, if you have listened to us before, reach out to Doug using the email address dbj at mlmmailbag.com. He loves to hear from you and he's grumpy if he doesn't. So help me out here. Ultimately, you should also remember every day when you're dealing with your Medicare, uh, picking and choosing that Doug is licensed nationwide to help you with that process. And you can also get a lot of great information on Medicare for the lazy man.com. We would appreciate it if you could find a place, you know, given the books and all the different content that we produce to drop a couple reviews, the numbers are always good for us and we appreciate it last, but certainly not least. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. You could have been a hundred different places and you weren't, you were with us listening to Medicare for the lazy man podcast, right where we wanted you. And if you weren't checking your watch as we went along, you have just spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy, originally from Oklahoma, now camped out in the high ground behind Cave Creek, Arizona, in his Fortress of Solitude. And I didn't check today, but I, you know, based on what I see out the window there at, at the studio, I'm going to put him in at about 7,200 feet.
0: Yeah, it's a murder out there. This is Arizona wintertime, and we're all miserable. So thank you so much for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, be sure and mark your calendars because our next episode is coming up soon, and we would love to have you join us. Bye-bye.